Welcome to the Do Business Better podcast, the place for ideas you can implement to achieve prosperity. You'll get insights from successful business people on how they do business better. You'll glean tactics on creating a life and business by choice because we interview real business people who've done just that. Now here's your host, Damian Mason. Greetings. Hey, thanks for joining us here on the Do Business Better podcast, now available on audio format wherever you get your podcast, Stitchers, iTunes, SoundCloud, wherever. Also, you can always find it at DamianMason.com. We're also doing videos now. That's right. Go to the Damian Mason YouTube channel. It's D Mason Comedy. And please subscribe to my YouTube channel. That way you'll help my visibility so more people can get this great message. Speaking of great message, I got a great message for you today because I got a friend of mine named Brad McDonald. Brad McDonald and I have known each other since high school. School. Brad McDonald and I share some things in common. Both of us are blue collar kids from Huntington, Indiana. We both worked our entire life. We're both business people and business owners. His business is Freight Co. He is the president and CEO of Freight Co. He has been in transportation since 1992 when he got out of college. Brad McDonald is joining me to talk about supply side, talking about transportation, talking about the fact that trucking delivers the economy. And right now, We've got some struggles going on in this economy brought on by the government-imposed economic shutdown. Brad McDonald, thank you for being here on the Do Business Better podcast. Thank you for having me. All right. So I gave the background. I think that's probably adequate. You have you see a lot of trucks. You've been in trucking. You've been an owner of a trucking company. You have nine employees, but you it's an outsized influence. The people that drive the trucks don't work for you as employees. So your nine employees are brokering freight all over North America. What are you seeing? Well, you know, last night when I went home, it was, uh, it was a little bit of an eerie feeling because typically, you know, I'm working until, you know, wee hours of the morning or night or, you know, but when I go home, typically I'm sharing the road with truckers and that's what I see on the road. And as I drive down the road, I'm always looking at, you know, what, uh, what companies are out there. I'm looking at just different types of equipment. But last night when I went home, there weren't a lot of trucks on the road. And there weren't a lot of trucks on the road this morning when I came to work. And this started really happening, and this was my concern several weeks ago. You're going to go through this, you know, busy time replenishing warehouses, but you're going to get to the point where, you know, orders are going to drop off. And that's what we're seeing right now. Okay. So here, here's the thing. Uh, a lot of folks, I mean, everybody is a consumer uh, and everybody listening to this show, most of them either work for a business or are a business owner or self-employed elancer, freelancer, entrepreneur. They get it. They, that's why they're tuning in and they're, they want to keep up business. A lot of folks don't think about this from your angle. <clears throat> Everything that the store Everything that Amazon brings, everything you go and grab off the shelf, uh, everything that you look around in your office right now, a truck moved. Uh, right. And so it's pretty important. And so what are we down? Are we down, a, are we down a fourth? Are we down a half? What do you think? You know, going into, going into this week, we were down about 35% on orders, um, which is a concern. It's a big concern being down 35%. Um, going, coming out of this week, we're probably going to be down closer to 47, 48%. Um, and you know, you can, you can do that, um, for a little while, you know, you know, you 
Christmas and you have, you know, holidays and things like that. So you can sustain that for a little bit. But yeah, so if we're if we're off like December twenty sixth through January third, we're down half of what we had been two weeks prior. It makes sense. But the thing is, this was brought on like that, and in large part by a government decision to shut down the economy. And there's your your opinion and mine, I think, are fairly similar. There's this idea that the average person has that's not more on the business side of it and certainly not on the business owner side, they think, oh, well, once we flatten the curve, once the coronavirus is done, everything's just going to pop back, right? Like, <laughs> this takes a lot more time now because we fundamentally harmed the economy. The fundamentals were good, but you can't just, by government decree, shut it down and then expect that, oh, we're going to turn it back on, here you go, and then everybody just goes back to doing what they're doing. Am I right? That's correct. I mean, typically when you come out of the holidays, I mean, it's Martin Luther King Day typically before you start really ramping back up and getting back to normal. Um, there's, there's, uh, you know, there's typically supply that they have on hand. There's inventory. You know, there's going to be a lot of, I mean, there's just going to be a lot of mess when people come back to work. I mean, there's going to be inventory for restaurants that, you know, they got to get rid of, you know, and then they got to order new and, you know, there's going to be people that don't have it. You know, there's, I mean, there's going to be inventory not to be found. You know, I think that we still sold quite a few automobiles in, in March, but we didn't produce any automobiles in March. So I think there's going to be a ramp up, but you're still going to be two to three weeks behind. Um, that is what we've experienced in the past. Um, so to be full scale, getting back to normal, so to speak, you know, really, if you if you go back May first, it's going to be it's going to be June. You're going to have a holiday in there as well. That's going to disrupt a few things, not not a lot, um, but you know, I would anticipate June being somewhat back to normal. But even being back to normal, you can't you can't make up for what you lost. I mean, there's not there's going to be some pent up demand, um, but you can't you can't make it up. That's the tough part. Is that a lot of folks think, well, we're, everybody's going to get back to normal. There'll be a euphoria, like okay, fine, but you got to unwind the fact that we just threw twenty million people into unemployment. And now there's also the psyche. I tell everybody this. I'm like, humans are emotional beasts. They make their decisions based on emotion. Then they will use data and logic sometimes to to back up their decisions. Well, don't think for a second that fear, being the most powerful emotion, isn't going to be heavy on all these people's minds. It's like, well, should we go and buy something? Uh, I don't know, man. Um, we just got washed on this last thing. Should we go on vacation? Well, I don't know. Is it safe yet? This thing lingers for a while, and it has a real bad harm on the psyche of the nation. Right. And, you know, even going back, you know, you talked about, you know, the holiday is coming up, and you kind of plan for that, and you do some things like that. Um, but, you know, as you said, it, we just kind of, at the snap of a finger, we said, we're, we're shutting everything down. Um, the unfortunate side behind that is that you wish that the money, some of the money that you spent in February and early March, you wish that you had that money back. You know, um, things that you 
you know, maybe you could have done without, um, you know, whatever, some discretionary spending, you'd say, eh, I really didn't need to buy office furniture or I really didn't need to buy that, you know, new computer or computers. Um, so are you saying so that you, are you saying that the, that the consumer regrets that they they got skinny because of the coronavirus economic shutdown and then they sat there in April like when you and I are recording this podcast they sat there in April and festered and said damn I wish I had not done that I wish I hadn't spent that money back in January because now we're tight and then they pull back on other spending come May June July is that what you think happens? Yeah, well, come May, June, and July, we're still we're still recovering. I mean, business may be back to normal, but it's going to take months, even even with the the money coming in. And and don't get me wrong, I'm I'm not I'm I'm appreciative of the money, but I'd much rather be working. Um, it's not going to cover all of our expenses, not even close. Um, but you know, I'm thankful for it. Um, think that we could have done things uh, another way. We'll talk um, about the SBA PPP in a second. Back to the pri the prior question. Uh, I know you say business is normal, even in July. No, it's not because, like I said, we've got too much harm that's done. Uh, we'll be working, but there's going to be some harm that's done. What do you see in happening, though, about the consumer? Since you see consumer activity from the standpoint of stuff moving and quantity of stuff moving, right? Right. Yeah. You know, consumer discretionary spending is still going to be down. You know, intelligent people, I think, are still going to say what happens if this coronavirus comes back in October or, you know, I think they're going to they're going to hold on to their money a little bit. Um, and, and some people are still going to be, you know, they're still going to be leery. They're still I mean, they're not going to be normal. They're not going to be back to normal. You know, we may be producing as normal, but people won't be back to normal as far as um, their psyche. Uh, you know what they're going to spend money on. Um, I don't. I don't see that. I think there has to be a confidence period that goes through there. Confidence um, period. Okay, how long is the confidence period? I agree with you. I think it's all about consumer confidence, sentiment, etc. How long is this is the confidence period in your opinion? You know, I. It could it could be until after Christmas. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I don't know. You know. Realistically, go ahead. Well, even if even if we're not one hundred percent confident, <clears throat> your business and my business can live on three quarters, maybe. I, I mean, we'll just figure it out. If we had three quarters of revenue, we we'd figure it out. It's not what we want, but we'd figure it out. The thing is, we might end up with forty five percent. 40%, 30% less revenue. And we didn't really have any, uh, we didn't have any clue coming into this, that this is what was going to happen. Now, you know, we sit on some cash on hand and we do all the things that smart business people do, but this got thrown at us fast. Like tomorrow we're shutting the whole thing down. Like, what are you talking about? And boom. So, um, I, I don't, uh, I don't know you talk about the conference period. I more just want to get to where actually I have cash flow and I see a business, I see a business that can just go out and do business, but there's been some fundamental harm done. Yeah, I, there's definitely been fundamental harm done. Um, I'm still, so let me, let me just talk about 
other things that happen. You say snap up a finger that they did all this. I mean, we, we immediately had issues with people not wanting to go to work. So even if you were essential, you had people not wanting to go to work. Uh, if, if, some, if some people um, lost employees, like um, even if you have some people that were considered non-essential and they go to work for um, Amazon, you know, how do the hotels or how do some of those other people, how do they get those employees back? So there's a, um, I think there's some changes that will happen in our economy. And I think that, you know, getting back to normal is, is not going to be the normal that we thought we, once before. Um, I'm not, I'm not going to say, you know, people will say, well, we'll never be normal again. It'll just be different. I mean, I think that we'll be normal. Um, but I think there will be some industries that are really going to be hurt by this. Right. So here's the thing. I say there's going to be industries hurt by it. I think that there's another thing that I've been hearing, and I disagree with it, when people say, well, this is just the way things are going to be now. We're just all going to have our meetings online. Uh, nope, I don't agree with that one bit. We're all going to work from home. I've heard that. I'm like, well, first off, there's a <laughs> there's a, a bakery over there. I don't think you can bake bread from home. There's a place over there that puts green beans in a can. I don't think you can do that from home. But the food supply is pretty darn important to us. And then say, oh, what about, you know, like office type work? I'm like, first off, it took two weeks for folks to even like figure out how they're supposed to do that. Most people, believe it or not, don't have the discipline. Uh, you and I could do it because we run our own business. I have my home office. I've been doing this for 27 years. The thing is, I don't believe that most folks can actually be as productive when they just wake up and sit in their pajamas because they're going to be lollygagging around, looking at Facebook, doing everything else. I don't think they're actually really going to be cranking out laundry. work. And laundry, uh, in the house, talking on the phone. Yeah. So I think there's a real, when people say, oh, this is what we're going to do business. No, I don't think so. I mean, there's still going to need to be face-to-face -face business. There's still going to be face-to-face -face meetings. There's still going to be conferences. There's still going to be folks going to offices. There's still going to be boardrooms because it, it actually works. Uh, and a lot of this we're going to find out didn't work. Yeah. Salespeople can work remotely, but uh, the, the human resources uh, and, and all this other stuff is going to have a hard time with that, I think. Yeah, we just lose a lot of continuity um, between our between our people. Um, there's conversations, you know. So if you look at, you know, if you just come in and off the broker floor, you know, they're working there together, and they're talking about, you know, a load picking up in Missouri, heading to Portland, Oregon, and you know, someone just overhears that, you know, and there's so much that just happens just through interaction, um, and it really makes you efficient. Um, working from home, even though that we can make it work, um, just doesn't provide the continuity that we're used to. Um, you know, we can do video conferences and we can do, you know, Uber conference calls and we can do things like that. But being, being there and absorbing, you know, what someone else is talking about, sure. they may not be talking to you, but you just hear it and you experience it. All right, so let's talk. I agree with you. So let's talk about then, okay, the SBA PPP, you and I have both been critical. We're not going to spend the whole podcast on that. The reason I've been critical is a lot of businesses don't have their primary expenses or even 75% expenses, not payroll. And they've completely uh, missed, missed the boat on this because 
a lot of sole proprietors, self-employed people, uh, small businesses that they have insurances and they have fleet vehicles and they have contractual workers and they have facilities repairs and they have uh, internet connections and memberships and all these kinds of things that the SBA PPP seem to completely not have any idea about, which saying, well, the goal is to keep people paid. I'm like, all those things keep people paid also. When I pay my insurance, it, it keeps the insurance man. When I pay for my facility, my fleets, my, uh, you know, internet, et cetera. Your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, for, for our situation, liability expense, um, liability insurance expense is huge. Um, and so, you know, I'm concerned about that. Um, you know, in addition to that, you know, you, you can say, well, you know, you had a great February, which we did have a great February, but even, even more so than that, I'm concerned about people not paying me. So, um, because I'm not going to be payroll and I'm not going to be health insurance or I'm not going to be that. That's what I'm concerned about. Most of all, when volume drops down and freight isn't moving, they're going to say, well, we don't really have a lot of freight to move right now anyway. Um, so Brad can wait, Freyco can wait to get paid. So I'm worried about my accounts receivable aging. Um, so that's something that we've talked about that we're focusing on, just yeah. making sure that we, we have great customers. I appreciate them. You know, our aging is really good. Um, but desperate people do desperate things. Yeah, so there, there's the concern that you'll be, and then the thing is when you don't get paid, then you've got to start saying, who do I not pay? And that's the concern on all of this, that uh, whether you're a trucking company like you or a service provider like me, if I don't get paid, or if I'm not even allowed to go out and perform my service for the next four months, uh, <laughs> I got to start making the choice of who do I not pay? Right. And that's a, that's a difficult situation to be in. I mean, we were in that situation in 2008. Um, you know, we had to make some adjustments and that lingered on just simply from policy and, and other things. But, um, you know, 2009 was, you know, that was a, that was a big issue. Not getting paid. How will we know when things are rolling again? We're going to look at most of us see semi trucks. We don't count them. You do. Tell me, tell me what to look for. Well, I think you do have to look at the number of trucks on the road. I, I, think I get that. I get that. But I don't normally, I know that I see them. I don't normally say, Oh boy, there's more than usual. You probably do or less than usual. Yeah. I think that, you know, it's not going to be by what you see on the shelf. Um, and it's, and it's typically not going to be from, um, what you see, you know, housing's being, houses being built. I mean, because we're going to be delivering those, that lumber and we're going to be delivering the, the nails. So, um, seeing the economy coming back around, I guess if you, if you call me up and I'm laughing and having a good time, then it's probably a good sign. I don't think that there's. I don't think, unless you're looking at trucks and seeing trucks roll down the road, there's no groundhog coming out the hole that you can see. Um, he's going to see a shadow that's going to give you that indication of what's what's about to come. Um, you know, I think that what about, lead, what, about, and what about lead times and lag times? What about lead times and lag times? Like, because I don't know, you know, we went through this thing where in the old days, everybody sound inventory. We went into just-in-time JIT. 
how, how much stuff, okay, let's just say that we do, uh, the switch gets turned on, it's like, by golly, it's time for America to get back to work. And let's say that you and I are wrong, that it's not damaged for three more months or four more months, and the consumer says, by golly, I'm ready to spend. How long until we actually will have the stuff? Is there gonna be a shortage? You know, consumer spending, which is measured, um, consumer confidence, however they measure it, uh, but consumer spending is, is good. Uh, automobile sales are typical, typically a pretty good indicator. Um, and so that's, that's what we kind of, new home starts, that's, that's another thing that we kind of uh, keep our eye on. Um, we look at those kind of things. Those are usually pretty good indicators for us. All right. What what should I look uh, when I'm looking down the road? What should make me excited? What should I be excited about? Anything? What should I be What should I be mad about? Fundamentally, there was nothing wrong with our economy. Fundamentally, our economy was, you know, as I would say, cooking with gas. I mean, we were, you know, in February was really really good, yep. really good. Um, going into the first part of March, really good. I was at a conference first of March. Um, you know, at a Pacers game, we had a conference down there um, in the Planet Fitness bar area, whatever. Um, 50,000 people in the stands. Yep. Two days later, can't go to any basketball games, can't go to any public events. So you just had that feeling like things were going really well. Um, 2019 wasn't a great year for us. Um, there were some things, you know, with trade and um, things like that, international trade, where those truckers that typically do container work and things like that came back into um, the general freight community, drive, drove down some pricing and things like that. Um, so it was, it was a good feeling. You know, there was a good feeling coming through. You know, December was even really good, considering it was a holiday uh, month. Uh, but uh, February was a really good month. So I agree with you. We were killing it. We were, uh, things were going great. And then you can say, ah, oh, well, you can't, you can't put that in front of, uh, and we're not going to spend uh, all day on this either. But the argument that you and I are being calloused because we're putting the economy before human lives. I have pointed out repeatedly, if you look at what was done and if we don't reverse these decisions from a uh, government standpoint of shutting down the economy we will have no economy to come back to if this goes on too much longer your thoughts yeah the systemic impact to to our economy is going to be is going to directly affect our quality of life and our quality of life is going to deteriorate if our economy isn't healthy so if our economy isn't healthy we're not going to be healthy. Um, you're going to have companies that are going to have to make a decision. Um, we have, do we provide healthcare? Do we not provide healthcare? Um, you know, um, income raises, uh, things like that. Those are, those are going to be impacted. Um, you know, I just long-term effects to, you know, education, you know, families being a, able to afford education, um, scholarships and grants and things like that being able to be supplied and just the impact on higher education in general. Um, so, you know, you look at it and you say, well, how does that really impact um, the health of people? If we were struggling, 
if there were people struggling to pay for insulin before, it's going to be much worse than that now. Right. If there were people struggling for uh, other medications, that's going to continue to be the case. Um, and that's what I'm concerned about. When we can't afford basic needs, then our health is going to deteriorate. You think it was a mistake to shut down the economy? It was absolutely insane to shut down the economy. Um, you know, we continue to have positive tests, but, you know, the more tests that you do, the, you know, the, the more positive tests that you're going to have. Um, still running at a run rate of probably about 20% positive. Um, we know that uh, the greatest demographic impacted is, you know, the 70 plus, which represents about 70% of our, our deaths. Um, I think that we should have, you know, really worked to um, protect the American worker, make sure they have good work, a good safe workplace, but they have to go to work. Um, it's almost like they have to become the soldiers in this war against the virus. Um, because we can't pay to fight this virus if we don't have people working. It's not that, you know, I think that lives don't matter. I think it's one of those things like, how do we protect those people that are most vulnerable? So if we take the 70 plus and, you know, we, we make them as safe as possible, we identify, you know, if you have an underlying health issue, let's, let's protect you. Let's protect, you know, have uh, some sort of cleaning. I mean, I think that our health people should be telling us how we clean. Um, if there's a, a fogging mechanism that you can come in and do every night at your plant yeah. or something like that. All right. What gives you optimism? What gives you optimism when you look ahead? I've got optimism that I, I actually, I've got optimism because I see an America that wants to get going again. Uh, but then the pessimism inside of me says uh, a little bit of too much damage that uh, a lot of folks don't realize has happened. We, we really hurt things bad, more badly than folks would realize. That's my optimism and my pessimism. Yours. Well, you know, I think after World War II, you know, as Americans, we, we dug out of that and we came back and um, we were able to achieve. And, and I think that, you know, we still enjoy our freedom. Uh, we don't want our freedom taken away from us. And I think that, you know, the spirit of the American people is just resilient. So that gives me optimism. So what does that mean? You know, when you say something like that, well, what does it mean? It means, you know, for me that I'm not going to quit. You know, I may, I may get into a situation where I lose, you know, 40% of my revenue for a period of time. Well, I got to figure it out. And I'm not alone there. I'm not anything special. Um, you know, there's thousands of people like me that are going to figure it out. Um, what, millions, what, millions, what? by the way, millions that have to because their 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 business has been rocked, and so they're going to either figure it out or fail. Uh, so that gives you optimism because of that. The pessimism, the pessimistic side of you, says what? That they're not allowed to that you're not allowed to be a business person. That's, that's the pessimistic side. Like, I really feel like we are inching towards socialism mm. without the opportunity to say, wait a minute, 
that's what concerns me. Um, yeah, the business the business is absolutely just being told by government decree you're going to be closed, uh, and everybody went with this whole thing about and I, we saw a similar thing with 9/11. Well, I don't care if they spy on me as long as I'm safe. I'm like, whoa, that's not that's not what this country was all about. And now it's kind of same thing. Wait a minute, you're as long as I'm safe. I don't want anybody getting sick. Well, you just you just told these people that have worked their entire life, their life saving is in this business, and they got to be shut down. That's got me bothered also. Right, right. All right, closing thoughts from Brad McDonald. President and CEO of Freight Co. What? What is your closing thought? Me up at night, it would be that. Huh? If there's anything that keeps me, I'm sorry. I think my connection might be a little bad here. What keeps you up at night? You know that I need to shut down, and it's not necessarily that we shut down because we're essential. Um, but you know, I have a big customer. You know, they sell bouncy balls. You know, and they have inventory in their warehouse can't ship it. Um, you know, it could be medicine balls. It could be bouncy balls. It could be different athletic stuff. Um, those employees aren't working and the government's telling them they're not essential. Um, but when you've spent millions of dollars in inventory that you can't sell, mm -hmm. that, that would concern me. Yeah. Well, your business is pretty darn essential when you've spent millions of dollars of your money on something and you're not allowed to be in business doing it. That's what keeps you up at night. Closing thoughts from Brad McDonald of Freight Co. From a freight, from a freight and supply company perspective, closing thought. I think that we'll get through this one way or another. You know, I always say we'll figure it out. I'm, I'm concerned that um, anytime that we talk about, you know, we got to get this, economy going we got to get it going um people look at us and say we're not concerned about human life yeah. that's the first thing that i'm concerned about um far above anything else that's what i'm concerned about but i'm telling you we're about ready to go down a road that we don't want to go down that is going to have catastrophic impact to if you think that this is bad you have no idea the impact that this is going to have if we continue down the path that we're on. I agree with what you're saying. I'm ready to get things going. I'm ready to get things back to work while we still have something to go back to. His name is Brad McDonald. He's a buddy of mine since way back. He's uh, you, can, you can find him. Go to FreightCo.com. How do they find you? Yeah, go FreightCo.com. Go Till next time, thanks for being here, buddy. Hey, thank you. All right, till next time, it's the Do Business Better podcast. If you enjoyed this episode of Do Business Better, please share it. And be sure to connect with Damien on LinkedIn, like his Facebook fan page, and follow him on Instagram and Twitter. For speaking inquiries or to purchase Damien's books, Food Fear and Do Business Better, go to DamienMason.com. Know someone who'd make a great guest? Send us a message. We're always looking for compelling stories and business lessons our listeners can benefit from. Thank you. Thank you.